Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, PWW faithful, it is I, John, from the death, from the dead. I'm here. <laughs> um, <laughs> where have I been? Nowhere, according to our releases. It's through the magic of audio editing and the fact that we have had a extensive back catalog of interviews to upload for you guys uh, that has made it seem, for the most part, that I was here and Dan and I were laughing together. I was not here and I was not fine. Um, I was in the hospital first. Three months. Uh, well, part of that was rehab too. And um, you know, I'm not going to go into like too much specifics about my personal life, but you know, there's some stuff that uh, obviously you can see. Good old cannula. Uh, so you know, got some breathing issues. Got uh, some heart issues. Uh, it. It's gonna be hard. It's it's gonna be a hard road. Um, but like I said, we're not gonna to get too much into that. What we are gonna get into is a year-end wrap-up for you guys of 2023, the third year of this pandemic decade. Is it a pan decade at this point? Yes, yes, probably. Um, there was a lot that happened in 2023. There was a lot that didn't happen in 2023 that we all thought was going to. And there was a lot of things that happened, but really were just nothing. Just, eh, we're whelmed. One of those being the re-signing of Nia Jax. Um, <laughs> also, Hit Row was re-signed and released all in the same year. Uh, we have a lot to cover. We have, uh, Dan, what are we going to do? Three stories, five stories? I think we're going to do five stories each. The, the okay. Five of our five biggest headlines each. of the year. Okay. Hi, everybody. Um, John, yeah, welcome hi. back. Thank you. Uh, obviously, uh, by my asking Dan, you know Dan's here. So, Dan, introduce yourself. Tell people why they should care about you. And... Um, I also need you to do a resume of all of your successes and go. I think we could start. I think it would be a better podcast if we start off with my failures. Uh, because then, but the problem is that we're going about four hours long. Uh, good. Welcome to Mazza Media. <laughs> good Lord. Hey. <laughs> Uh, uh, I wasn't behind that. I was just a panelist. Okay. Uh, uh, it's good to I be here. Four hours. <laughs> I've come up. I, I did some good quality content for them. Uh, it, it was it's, a great uh, show. It, yeah. Look, hey, I um, I, I miss doing it every week. Um, Mark has kind of had to the host has kind of had to take a step back for personal reasons. So I get it. Um, but you know, also my responsibilities 
here kind of grow kind of grew with uh things that were going on with um with john while he was convalescing he was going through i'm glad that he's back though um just because of the fact that before the show we were talking for about two hours before we even started doing this (laughs) Uh, cause we missed each other so much. And plus at the same time too, it's like a Starkey and Hutch relationship of yeah. pretty much that's the yin and the yang type deal. Uh, this is why yeah. the show has been successful. This is why I love doing this. I miss working with them. Um, you know, and I'm just glad to see you up and about. I'm glad to know that you're home. Um, you. and I'm also, I want to do personally thank to the people that donated, to your GoFundMe page for you to be able to uh, go back home and have the ability to live a heavy, good quality of life there. That was Thank huge. You, I, I was telling, uh, I was pretty much trying to tell everybody. I was just like, look, do what you can. Like, cause, and a bunch of people, personal friends and uh, the program and personal friends as well uh, of mine, my own mother donated. Uh, Thanks, sir. Yeah, I have. Uh, she's a wonderful woman. She's literally a saint. But having John back, I'm completely thrilled. Um, and to start off 2024, uh, it's we're both really excited um, and have a lot of ideas for how this program is going to be going now for a while. Uh, we have yes. ideas we're going to be going with. Later on this month, I will actually be going to Tampa I am going to the Royal Rumble. I will be attending the Royal Rumble in Tampa. And uh, I will also be meeting one of my childhood heroes, thanks to the love of my life, Stephanie, uh, who you've heard on this program before. Uh, I will be meeting Hulk Hogan in the same weekend. Terry? So, (laughs) Terry. So, I'm going to get my Metallica shirt and have him autograph it, because he was the best bassist (laughs) ever for Metallica. (laughs) <laughs> you don't hear some brother dude jack i was always a metallica dude <laughs> lars came to me and said hey hulk i know you're picking up 900 pounds of a giant but dude we <laughs> Our bassist just fell out of the window of a bus and got smashed, brother. We need a bassist, dude, Jack. And I know that you can do it, brother. I've seen you play guitar. (laughs) And I said, absolutely, brother. Because I sold out the Metallica Silver Dome, brother. I I could sell it out for them too, brother. I was going to make them big. Yeah, that's a missed opportunity for them, dude, Jack. <laughs> this is extremely accurate of how Hulk Hogan would explain in a documentary. <laughs> like, it's just, can you imagine Hogan and saying it in uh, some kind of monster, like the documentary of just like him sitting there with, as Hetfield and as Lars are fighting with each other, uh, just because he just got out of rehab and Lars is just poking him the whole fucking time. And then Hogan is just like, brothers, brothers, dudes, look, guys, we need to work together here. Like we're for the greater good and for the music, brother. 
you know, Hulk Hogan was the reason why Metallica stayed together after 2003. I mean, we, we need to all remember that. Like, <laughs> uh, I, I wish I could go see them this summer, but their fucking ticket prices, Jesus Christ. Fucking insane. Because, yeah, it's insanity. But like, uh, cause guy, cause you never know what these bands now. Metallica's pushing sixties in their sixties now, and then you have, yeah. um, then you got the Rolling Stones. They're put, they're out on tour. Those guys are in their eighties. So I've been saying the last twenty years, I'm like, this is probably their last tour, and now this, this honestly probably is their last tour because I don't see them making any more trips after this. Yeah. Well, I mean, Mick Jagger legitimately, uh, I don't know how he keeps having kids. I think that he just poops out like baby powder out of his decrepit 80-year-old dick. And somehow it has the seed of life still in it. You know, it's just a magical, it's like a bellows. You know, but he keeps impregnating these women and they keep for some reason... Besides the fact, oh, he's McJagger, he's rich, having sex willingly with him. You know, they say in their mind, oh, gee, I'm 26. Who should I have? Mick Jagger. That's who I want for my child. I want a child to have a dad who at any moment will be dead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I I think um, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro also who are yeah in, they're they're in late, the same boat they, man they, and they Rod had Stewart. the same boat they've had kids lately yeah but their uh, kids so... just like uh, uh, Mick are younger than their youngest child yeah and their youngest child is old enough to be their father or mother yep I still remember when he had uh, when Pacino had tw- twins with Beverly D'Angelo. And I, I just remember, I, I just remember sitting there when I first when I found out. I'm like, wait a minute, he knocked Mrs. Griswold up. Nice, <laughs> like that was like the only thing I could think of. I'm like, <laughs> but then again, it's like, of course, it's it's Al Pacino, it's Michael Corleone, it's you know Tony Montana. Like it, it, you it, yeah. you expect him to have the charisma and also ability uh, to. You know, still get the ladies if he wanted to, but then I'm just like, what do you mean he's still reaper? He's still having children in his 80s. What the fuck's going on here? Al, calm down. Come on. Yeah, like uh, I also have to just wonder if the woman who willingly is having sex with Al Pacino says, "Do the Scarface," and he goes, "Say hello to my little friend." Open robe, and there's little Pacino. You know, <laughs> the little hua. You know? The uh... <laughs> oh, it's it's. What if tremendous. okay? Picture this. Yes. Always sunny in Philadelphia. Danny DeVito never joins. No Frank Reynolds. Only Al Pacino. I'm not, oh. So it's Al Pacino as Frank Reynolds. Yes. Oh my! He would have gotten like three Emmys by now. 
Like, because he would have just been so perfect. Like, he would have overacted so much. Like, he would have chewed up every single scene that would have been like, there's no way you can't give him the Emmy for this. There's no way. There's no way. And it's just like the, 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 the conversations that he would have with Dennis Reynolds would be fucking hysterical. Just when I thought that I got out, <laughs> they, they pull me, me back, back in. Now, to, to be fair, I still say Silvio Dante probably does that line better than Michael, oh, than sure. Michael Corleone did. <laughs> now, did you finish The Sopranos? Like, Because I know you started it when you were in rehab. Did you finish it, or are you still kind of going with it? Uh, I'm on season six. Okay. Like, episode 15. Mm, you are close. So close. You're very I'm close. Edging. Yeah. I'm edging the end right now. I'm yep. fucking sitting there rubbing my yep. cock. You're, just you're saying, there. Oh, oh. <laughs> Ooh, I've been a dirty boy. I got to finish this Sopranos. <laughs> Fuck, I can't come yet. <laughs> that is how I feel. I am sitting there white knuckling waiting to finish the Sopranos. Oh, it's, 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 it's without question my uh, favorite all time show. Because when 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 Tony sits in that diner and it fades to black, I want to just everywhere, mm-hmm. just just all of my edged love for that show. Oh, it's so good! Like it, it's, it's so I'm, good. It's so good. Um and. For anybody that's gonna sit there and be like, "Well, it's not as good as Breaking," there would be no Breaking Bad without without the Sopranos. Never would have happened, and there would be no Dexter without the Sopranos. All these shows that people have gravitated to over the years, HBO wouldn't be doing the original programming that they have also Boardwalk done Empire. the last twenty years. Yeah, they wouldn't have done any of that shit without the Sopranos. Lily it was Hammer. kind of the, it was the original kind of. Um, it was the original show. Everybody stopped watching. Blinders. Yeah. Like all these great shows in the last 20, 25 years has to hand their, has to give, pay their respects to the Sopranos. It's like you should start kicking up an envelope to David Chase because that's the only way. <laughs> like, every time Brian Cranston <laughs> probably is in the same vicinity of David Chase, David Chase just looks at him and just says, You fucking copycat asshole. <laughs> And then Brian Cranston looks at him and says, "What's my name?" <laughs> we would have gotten if uh, if if James Gandolfini had lived past 2013, if he was still alive now, we would have gotten a Brian Cranston and a James Gandolfini project. There would have been something in the works because they would have just been like, "Okay, come on, we got to have Tony Soprano and Walter White do something together." <laughs> Like we have to. You come, you come to fucking New Jersey. You stay in fucking New Mexico. Where's the fuck? Don't be moving. Don't be moving that H. Don't be moving that H. It's too risky. (laughs) Not in the face. All right, guys. I come here to New Jersey. I come here to New Jersey. Because I have the blue shit, the Heisenberg. 
blue crystal meth. And you're I start selling drugs. I go to jail for a hundred fucking years. What do you do? <laughs> I make the best shit that'll make you a millionaire. Five years ago, you were a fucking chemistry teacher. Now you're doing drugs? Why don't you go back to the fucking uh, the high school you came from? Huh? I'm going to go manage a fucking strip club. And eat some gabagool. He didn't have the makings of a varsity athlete. <laughs> he did not have the makings of a varsity. <laughs> Actually, Tony proved that he did when he ran away from the FBI at Johnny Sack's house. Oh, in the fucking That's how he. Oh, that was fucking brilliant. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just he didn't even give he didn't even give Johnny like a heads up, like look out. He just he saw them and just started fucking running. He was just turned around and ran. So and he's um, like, my I'm watching. His lawyer's like, what? Parking? You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm watching AEW, and, and I think somebody missed the memo because in the front row, hard cam side, mm-hmm. there is a man in full Dusty Rhodes polka dots. I saw that. I just saw that. I was going to mention With it on the there. wig. <laughs> and he's standing next to what I can only describe as Macho Man, Randy Savage, Black and White, NWO. <laughs> if Randy Savage ate nothing but Slim Jim. Just not perpetually. Slim he just snapped into a waistline of 58. <laughs> And I'm not body shaming. No. But Fat Randy Savage just says <laughs> it's, it's a hell of a visual. <laughs> you know, D- Fat Dusty Rhodes, you can get away with it. You know, he was the son of a plumber. Plumber's he was, yeah. Great. Yep. That's a lot of TV dinners. Sure. But <laughs> Fat Macho Man. <laughs> I just picture Fat Macho Man hitting a Yokozuna bomb. Does the guy have the port wine stain that uh, that 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 Dusty had on his belly? Did he go to that? Did he go to that level of? Yes. <laughs> He's got the full singlet, the yellow singlet of polka dots. <laughs> He's a son of a plumber. <laughs> son of a plumber, baby. <laughs> so I, I the reason Mom, I say I don't think out. he got the message. <laughs> 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 I ain't got no muffler. My muffler fell out, bad daddy. <laughs> Shit my pants. <laughs> my muffler fell out. And for those fans who don't know what a muffler is. Back in the day, the fat guys used to put something in their asshole <laughs> so they wouldn't shit their pants. Exactly. Because when they would take a bump, Andre would just shit himself. Uh, and like that. that was normal. I heard that. And Andre would be like, oh no, sorry. Go. Yeah, he'd just be like, oh no, sorry, I shit my pants. <laughs> And what do you have to say to a giant 
with a fucking dumpster worth of shit in his pants. Like nothing. You you just keep wrestling the match and count the three. You know? I often wonder like how inconvenient was Andre the Giant's life. He well, couldn't I fit in a normal the... bed. Nope. He couldn't fit on a normal toilet. Nope. Uh, did you hear about how he used to have to go to the bathroom in Japan? <laughs> he used to have to shit in the bathtub and then let it dissipate in the... Like, you turn the shower on and let it dissipate. Could you imagine trying to be in the plumber of unclogging that fucking drain? Jesus. Like you're just Jesus Christ, like... what kind of shit you taking, Andre? Exactly. My father I... couldn't even get rid of this. <laughs> that plumber gives the guy an estimate, and then all of a sudden he's just like, look, it's going to be another two grand. Like, I don't know what the fuck. I said, what? Did you have a horse shit in your goddamn, butt, goddamn bathtub? What the fuck? I called my daddy. I called my daddy. My daddy said, that estimate going to be giant. And I said, it is the giant. It's Andre, baby. And my daddy said, I can't unplug I can't plumb that, baby. That's a horse shit right there. That's a full <laughs> horse. That's a thoroughbred horse, Daddy. That ain't even a goddamn pony. <laughs> That's not even a show pony, baby. That's a full on <laughs> thoroughbred, baby. So the year of review. <laughs> A year in review of Dusty Rhodes We're in 1989. Just, we see Dusty Rhodes at ringside at AEW show. We're just like, hey, <laughs> what the fuck? Did you? Could you imagine Dusty Rhodes going, uh, uh, you know, town to town, doing the circuit, right, and being a liaison for his dad's plumbing company oh god you know he would be at like a show and they have one functional toilet my daddy can fix that you want me to give him a call (laughs) he's in dubuque iowa i'm the son of a plumber baby i'll just call my dad one of the one of the vignettes when he came into wwf uh in the i think 88 89 was he was the everyman like he was the common man so he was like a plumber he's a common so literally man. they had him go and fixing toilets and i'm just sitting there and like you look back on it now you're like ah, it's not too far-fetched i guess he's the pizza delivery guy he's actually eating the why pizza. is there a hole it's in the like, pizza box yeah exactly yeah. like why are you eating the <laughs> i'm the son of a pizza maker baby and this week on Big Sausage Pizza, we have Dusty Rose. <laughs> Call me Barry, baby. <laughs> Barry McCockano. <laughs> oh, when fun. Dusty Rose was wearing the polka dots, why didn't he dance polka? Yeah, you think, right? You should have come out with leather hosen and then just be like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> an accordion. <laughs> Dancing polka, baby. Dancing polka. 
dances. He's it's got like, a bear uh, with him that dances the poker. Yeah, it's like John Candy in Home Alone. Oh God. I was I was looking online the other day because um, you know now with 3D printing and also with a lot of things being able to people now can create the most random things. Someone has created a replica of the jacket. The jacket that Dusty Rhodes wore. <laughs> Not Dusty Rhodes, but what John Candy wore in uh, Home Alone. Oh, in Home Alone. Yeah, they got the exact, like the yellow jacket. They actually, it, it, I saw that the other day on eBay. I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. But you want it. No. <laughs> I, I'm a firm Hulk believer Hulk? that Home Alone would have been better if Joe Pesci's character from Goodfellas was actually in Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> Am I a fucking clown? Am I a Do fucking, I fucking clown? Use you? <laughs> fucking micro machines? You actually think it's going to stop me? <laughs> you burn Mars? With a fucking eye to my fucking clown? He would have just... I, I don't disagree with you now. No, you don't. I think it's, it's a better movie. Opportunity. I'm it sorry. Like, 100% a better movie. It's a whole nother movie. And plus, at the same time, the, like the ending scene is they steal everything from the house. And the last shot is Kevin's feet sticking out of a fucking rolled up carpet. And you just hear <laughs> the piano music from Layla from Eric Clapton's Layla and that's the ending of the movie where it's just they're playing Layla the piano part as they're driving away with all the stuff and Daniel Stern is play and Daniel Stern is replaced by Ray Liotta I was just going to say and Ray Liotta comes out of nowhere that yeah, is 100% exactly. what I was thinking I literally was putting tongue to the lips to say Ray Liotta this little kid thought he was going to be able to fuck up two goddamn wise guys. Yeah, that wasn't. But happening. it's Ray Liotta as Shoeless Joe yeah. Jackson. <laughs> hey, son. <laughs> because it's Kevin, not Kevin Costner. Exactly. Wrong Kevin. Wrong he Kevin. Out. <laughs> Ray Liotta is just a confused actor. We have a Dan Housen sighting. That's good. Yes. Very good, yes, yes. Very, good. Very, nice. very, very evil. evil. I heard you got your yes, first Dan. Danhausen figure. I got two of them. Oh, good. Yes. yes. I got the um the the regular figure they release, you know, the Walmart yep. figures. And I got the uh one that we both pre-ordered. The ringside exclusive. Yeah, the ringside exclusive, yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, a goal of us in 2024 is to get sponsored by Ringside Collectibles. Come on, Ringside. That would be it. We have enough. We you have enough. You have two people here that both support your your fine products, and would love nothing yeah. more than to have a discount code along with this podcast. Oh, that's the goal. Private of... parties back. Well, that's good. Wow, a, a, a Mark Quinn sighting. He's he's got hair. Yeah. Like a head of hair. He doesn't have those uh, <laughs> things. They really needed to get their tag team division back in order. They were really suffering for a while. Well, I think you just announced that it's it's here. Yeah, You've got Top Flight in action and Dreddy in the ring. 
who I think that's just a genius pairing. It really is. Um, plus, with the type of luck that Top Flight has had in the last yeah, couple I was going to say one's always injured. <laughs> you need so a you third. <laughs> I mean, Dante Martin's lucky he could walk right now after that. Oh God, that thing was terrible. Like it was like Gordon Hayward type uh, type bad. Where did that thing? Oh my God, it reversed. <laughs> Your foot shouldn't be doing that. Well, the thing was, and I watched um, what was that final battle? I think, yes, or whatever pay per view it was. Um, I watched that live. And I can't remember if I purchased it or was watching it off of a um, a feed that fell off of a truck. Mm-hmm. But yeah. um, I didn't see it initially. Yeah, I didn't see it on the replay. I didn't see it for a while. And I'm like, why do they keep showing the spot? You know, and why isn't Dante Martin getting up? Why, and why then I see down? the Lex Luger leg. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, this poor man just got lugered. He got Theismand. Yeah. He got Alex Smith. <laughs> the, the, the Joe Theismann. Oh. <laughs> well, that's a problem when you have a guy, that, that one of the best defensive players of all time, and he's on crank, and... <laughs> Collides into something. Oh, my leg is shattered. Don't do drugs, children. Don't do drugs. Although, according oh. to our uh, our analytics, no children from the ages of zero to seventeen <laughs> listen to us. Yes. Or was it so zero to eleven? People... <laughs> no one listens to us. We need to, to get the babies. Yes, we need to get the babies so that way they can learn how to smoke and, uh... <laughs> and talk about cocks <laughs> and enjoy I, I, and enjoy thirty-five-year-old references about sports yes. and stuff. They're like, "Who's Lawrence Taylor?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they'll be like, "LT, oh yeah, Ladanian Town." No. No, fuck that. <laughs> the original LT, not some bitch ass fucking running back from San Diego. <laughs> I I I've never liked uh I lost all respect for LT, Ladanian Tomlinson, when during yeah. that championship conference championship game where Philip Rivers is literally playing with a torn ACL and MCL, and then you see uh Ladinian Tomlinson on the sidelines with a shitty visor, just like with a coat on him, just like just on the sidelines. It's just like, really? My guy, your dude is like playing with one leg out. You're not you can't go out there and help. No. I mean, you should know that. You saw Jay Cutler do that one year. He smoked an entire pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Wild and throwing when- passes. And went back and got more cigarettes and then came back. Yes. And milk. Yes. And he returned and gave less bucks than when he left. <laughs> and still finished the game and won. He did. 
<laughs> Jay Cutler died first. <laughs> Him, fucking uh, Roberto Luongo. Guy was menace. Oh, God, biggest meme lord ever. <laughs> I remember when he had his uh, a Twitter was anonymous because oh, right. he has yeah. yeah because he still has the same um avatar. It's the blacked yeah. out goalie. No one knows who it is, and, and he was just posting like off the wall shit, and everyone's like, "Is this the Roberto Luongo?" It was either him or Tim Thomas, one of the two. No, Tim Thomas is a cuck. Fuck that guy. Uh, I mean, he's the only the go- only goalie that the Bruins were able to win a fucking cup with. Then they got then they decided to get then they got stuck with Tuka Rask for a fucking decade. What's wrong with Rask? He didn't win shit. That's my problem with him. Like Tim Thomas, they won, and the minute with. Rask comes in. It was like every of course you're going to say you have no problem with Rask because two goals in 18 seconds in the finals, you know. Oh, can you say that again? Two goals in 18 seconds in the finals, you know. So, uh, do you want to start? Yeah, um, so I'm going to start with something that started the year and it, it definitely goes into the things that were reported that mm. didn't happen. Right. And that was the WWE sale to Saudi Arabia. It shocked the world. Oh. I remember we were on, we actually did, we were doing a, a quick show that night. And then the news started to trickle out and both of us were like beside ourselves, like on the call with each other. Like this is, we're like, we're all depressed. We're like, oh my God, this is the worst possible thing that could happen. Um, We did a special episode on. uh, We we, we did the special, because that was the night I think Stephanie McMahon resigned. Yes. Uh, And we were doing a special episode on that. And then as we were I think we were either wrapping up or as we were about to wrap up, yeah. Uh, the news started to trickle out where we all got kind of, <laughs> we all got kind of tricked, because this is also at the beginning of the year when uh, anybody could have got verified for eight bucks a month on Twitter. Anybody could have that blue check mark, and the guy who reported it had a blue check mark, and he literally got the entire wrestling world like in a tizzy. Like, cause everybody, like everybody I knew was just all depressed, worried about like a sale of the Saudis. It was just like, no, no, it can't happen. Well, I mean, it didn't, it didn't, but they were sold. Dan, do you want to cover that one? Um, yes, that is one of the big stories of the year. Um, WWE is no longer under McMahon control. It was announced after the day after WrestleMania. Uh, Vince McMahon was on CNBC in his evil mustache making the announcement that WWE was now going to be a combined entity under the umbrella of Endeavor. 
which is the same company that owns UFC. And the sale was finalized in September, which when their that stock opened, it was TKO. That's the company, TKO. Um, when that stock opened, it was surreal seeing Triple H, Vince McMahon, and Dana White all like clapping together talking about this new mega company which i mean uh the media landscape and in general is shrinking by the day um you know there's discover there's warner brothers discovery and paramount talking about having merger talks right now yeah so this uh it was a big deal uh it was a big deal in the fact of that um we were all kind of concerned that Vince McVeigh was still going to have his way and he's been marginalized. He pretty much now just handles the corporate side of things. He's probably, I think had his hand in them trying to be able to get a new uh, media rights deal, which, well, that's kind I'm of sure... the reason he came back, right? Supposedly. Yes. That, that was supposedly the reason he came back. But then if we remember the night after WrestleMania, the first night, the same day that they announced that the sale was going through, that this Endeavor thing, that was also the night of the worst Raw in human history when Vince McMahon decided to tear up the scripts at like 7 o'clock right at an 8 o'clock show and everybody was flipping out over it. (laughs) Like, it was a disaster, like, to say the least. And I think that was Nobody debuted. Nobody debuted. It was just Vince McMahon fucking with people. That it was the three hours of Vince fucking with people, and um, after a really good WrestleMania, a really a great WrestleMania, and Vince somehow stuck his hand in there. Uh, but Ari Emanuel has pretty much made it clear to him: Triple H is the Kirk, the content guy. You stick yeah. to where you belong, and that's in the boardroom. And they're not exactly proud of the fact that Vince is still working for him either, which I've uh, I did say at one point after the sale went through I was just like, he might not make the year he's still there uh, as of January 3rd 2024 but uh, I don't that also could play in my predictions also later on, so but um, yeah it's been an interesting year, I, I did not I was hesitant about the um, the merger but to be quite honest, I think that um, it's been all good things. They've re-signed everybody that they've needed to re-sign. Uh, everybody's making more money. Everybody's happy. So WWE right now is in a very good position with I with <laughs> this new partnership, as I guess you can say. Yes. It's just amazing to me that Dana White is like, in WWE are like almost touching each other like as companies it's weird centrally like it, it's yeah, it, centrally. yeah exactly centrally but <laughs> just dana given the uh old college rub down <laughs> his mustache <laughs> vince vince is vince is sitting there and he's just like look well i guess i guess he's already um dana's already complimented vince because dana helped uh vince helped them with the saudi arabia deal like, as UFC yes. now has kind of like the same thing that WWE does with a deal with Saudi Arabia, 
and Vince was kind of the person that was the 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 point guy with it. Uh, yeah. There he is, the <laughs> the, 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 the oh, I by my own background. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't see his mustache. Damn you! Damn he you! He really background. is. He really is trying to be Disney. He wants to be Walt Disney so bad now. What is your next? Uh, what is your next point? Your your next. Uh... Um, my next deduction. My next uh, deduction. I would say, I would say my next story to follow up on um, what you talked about, which was media rights deals. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a two part series here on this. That's fine because. You're going to see the rise and immediate fall of a company. And then Paul Levesque saying, I am the king. Because NWA, not the rap group, the one led by William Patrick Corrigan, um, was rumored to debut on the CW Network for its wrestling show, Power. That was until um, they had a pay-per-view called Sam Hain. And Dr. James Mitchell uh, decided, tonight's the night I'm going to do a a bump of cocaine, an entire cocaine uh, on pay-per-view, which I I assume it was like powder or some Mm -hmm. crap, but just like B12 Unless Billy was really just like, hey, man, I want realism. God damn it. (laughs) Because he's not intimidating. (coughs) I'm really ticked off right now. Um, But yeah, then the the, the rumor is like they got dropped like because of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Off of the CW. And... Somebody swooped right in and took that from it was the game and the thirty-five million dollars that they were going to make. Nose. Yeah, he said the only nose that is getting into this business is mine. It's mine. Get out of here, James Mitchell. I smelled it the entire way. <laughs> this is my contract because he's the game. He makes the rules. He so does. move on out or you'll die like a fool. <laughs> it's in the lyrics, Daniel. I know it is. I know. We are Motorhead. And we're going to kick your ass. <laughs> no Strolemi. Yes. No sh- Another Vince McMahon picture. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Oh. Yeah, how much goddamn money I made. Do you know how much goddamn money? Oh, shit. I can't just appear. <laughs> the puppeteer can't just appear. <laughs> like, I'm just, like, talking out of the ether, and then all of a sudden... How, uh, I'm back. I, one of my future stories, uh, we're going to have to... You can leave that up but for when this future story comes up because I'm going to want to hear Vince McMahon's reaction to what happened later on. I'm trying to year. match my hairline to his. <laughs> yeah. 
he's got great hair i gotta admit for a guy his age still i mean yeah it's dyed but it's a good head of hair you gotta give him credit that's right pal that's right you know how many hair clubs i had to go to (laughs) it's not like it's a wig it's not a wig i tell you right now it's all john travolta he wears a, a rug on his head. I don't wear a goddamn rug. I have the hair cells of infants, Daniel. They transferred <laughs> their hair to me. Because I'm Vince McMahon, goddammit. <laughs> and I want newborn hair. Newborn, baby. Fresh out newborn. of the vagina. Right on my head. <laughs> I I I have to admit I do not miss him in the creative process whatsoever. Um, <laughs> that's that's been that's been the reason why that company is now the, the the role it's been on because he's not there calling the shots anymore and like doing this short term like all these ideas of just like oh I know it'll get I I know it'll get this this place going I'll just sell the building out we're gonna do Brock and Roman again for WrestleMania. No, Vince. No. In a jello match. In a jello match. What? The fuck are you talking about? And Roman Reigns is going to wear a goddamn toga. And Deanna Perrazzo has debuted for AEW. The Virtuosa. Yeah. That's good. Very good. Very good. Very, very good. She can go. Um, I wonder if at the. I wonder by the end of this uh, the night we'll have another signing that's been rumored for them in their women's division. But um, I don't know what Renee is wearing, but it uh, it's definitely Joanne's entire fabric section. <laughs> she said, "I don't have anything to wear tonight." Yeah, okay. Joanne. What do you, can you help me? Mm-hmm. I mean, this feels like for AEW, which um, I guess I, I guess since we're we're talking about AEW, I can talk about my next bit. Um, yeah. In the the sense of that, uh, what a can you call it a roller coaster year for them, or can you call it more of a year of just like a lot of challenges because tribulation a very it was a very turbulent year where you know in 2019 2020 2021 aew was in most of 2022 they were smooth sailing they were the coolest um, company they were they were without a question the um everybody was talking about them uh and and i said it right after all out 2021 i remember i said they have now every opportunity because they had the talent. That was when they signed CM Punk, Adam Cole, and Daniel Bryan all in like a three-week period. I was like, they have the opportunity right now to just throttle WWE without question. Yeah. And um, things are a bit different now. And 2023 was uh, a very hard year for them. I think they made some... They had some great matches along the way. They had some great shows along the way. They had some great uh, 
there were a lot of great things that they did, but there always seemed yeah. to be, there always seemed to be something that yes. derailed them or like took something that was supposed to be great away. Cause let's face it. I mean, Wembley, every, they were, Wembley was one of the biggest shows in wrestling history. Yes. And within hours, it got overshadowed by bad news. Yes. And then there was the controversy about the attendance, which again was a bad look. Um, not not saying that uh, I'm not arguing the attendance point of view. I'm not going to argue the numbers, but I am going to say that the perception from people did not carry over. AEW well. is not cool anymore. No, and they are the only. They're the coldest. I have ever seen a major wrestling company since 1995, other than TNA, when TNA, TNA was going ten years ago. Two, yeah, yeah, um, but it's not. It's not. They're not TNA. Let's just put it that way. They're not, they're TNA, not no. on that level. It's the they're perception not. of how much wind has been taken out of their sails. And they also lost a lot of money this year, apparently. Supposedly, supposedly, thirty-five million. That's the number that's been. That's supposed it, and and fucking Tony Khan also bought ROH for fifty million, and then says that's I, complete bullshit. I I heard that it's more around ten. Like he, no, he dude, bought... fucking Tony Khan said it was like five hundred thousand. Really? He, that's what he said on the uh, last media scrum. Okay. Well, and that I mean, if if he walked away with that for a half million dollars, and good on him. Um, yeah, if that's you know, the case, because, then everyone needs to shut up about ROH. Yeah, I agree. Um, if he bought it for a half million dollars, I'm not going to give him. Uh, I'm I'm not going to talk smack about Ring of Honor, even though I think that there are like Kerry Sulkin, among others. Uh, you know, Dan Bynum, who we've had in this program. Dan Bynum used to be a director for them, um, yeah. and Dan has voiced his concerns about the lineage of the company and things of that nature, which I think are fair and valid points because ring of honor has been around for more than 20 years. uh, And they have shaped the fabric of an entire generation of wrestling because you look at all the top guys right now, the majority of them, uh, you know, Seth Rollins was a former ring of honor champion. Uh, Yep. Samoa Joe, one of the greatest Ring of Honor champions in company in 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 history. Yeah. Um, CM Punk came from Ring of Honor. I think it's harder to find somebody who hasn't touched the ropes of a Ring of Honor show. Roman in major promotions. Well, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean, I can. I can get my sense out, and you're like, well, actually. No. <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> it wasn't. It was just. He's it, a strong. <laughs> It's just, it's, it's, I wasn't doing that only to kind of, I, I, but he's the first guy. He's the only guy that came to mind because he's been in that WWE system since the beginning. Sure. And And, and that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even Chris Jericho has been in ring of honor. So, I mean, yeah, you can't even say Jericho anymore. Yeah. So like, you know, there's a lot of guys too, like surprisingly now, even though it's the same ring, it ROH is so weird. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking weird because 
Tony Khan says it's a completely separate company. I'm not mixing it. It's going to be its own thing. But ROH uses AEW rings. They tour exclusively with AEW. Mm -hmm. They are essentially taped like a WWE main event. Right. You know, before Collision or, you know, after Dynamite, if Rampage is with Collision, you know. And it's, I I don't even know if you would call it AEW's D show. Um, I don't know what you would label it as. Well, I wouldn't call it the D show only because of the fact that, like, to be fair, he tries to run it like its own entity. He he does to an extent. The well, it has its own separate... defined roster for the most part. Correct. Um, and it's a real shame too because I look at it, Athena has just been fucking killing it as their champion. Yeah. And no one is talking about it. It no. bothers the shit out of me because she has she wasn't been... even the, it, she wasn't even in the top ten women list. And it bothers me because she's been fucking killing it on Ring of Honor. Yeah. She has been killing it, and no one's talking about it. Like. Eddie's out in the forefront because Eddie just had the, you know, he won the triple crown at, at World's End. But, you know, you look at Athena, and Athena has not been on AEW television, and she has been one of the most dominant women wrestlers in the world in, in 2023. And no one's talking about it. And that's yeah. a, it's a fucking crying shame, to be quite honest. Well, it is, and you know, for all intents and purposes, she's having her best run. Mm-hmm. And I really don't think it's that close. Um, she's believable. Yep. She wrestles a great match, and she's hitting all the the points on promos. Right. And you know she 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 looks like a champion so right. you're building a division around her which i think is smart you're building it around um somebody who how do i say this um like billy starks their development talent I think is a good way of putting it. It is. You know, they want to give them uh, exposure to a main roster role or TV role. But they're not ready for AEW. Um. Yeah, and then you have like Claudio was champion for yeah. a while, and yeah, I I think that it, I, I felt bad for him only because of the fact that he wanted he never got that brass ring in WWE, right? No. Everybody was like he should be a world champion, and then they gave him the Ring of Honor title. I think to just say, oh, he's finally a world champion. But yeah, other but than that, they. Other than that, they really haven't done much with him. 
Like With he's Claudia? been he's been kind of garnished, I think, to everybody else in Black. Even I think Wheeler Yuta has been used at times better than what Claudio has. You know, I feel like that Claudio Claudio has kind of been lost in the shuffle since he lost the Ring of Honor title. But also, you it's can possible. make yeah. I just think that he's kind of been lost in the shuffle in the Blackpool Combat Club and what else has gone on. Um, yeah, I think the thing with Claudio too, though, is that you have a group like the Blackpool Combat Club, mm-hmm. where you have two alpha dogs. Brian and Mox, right? Who are believable. They're always in the top spots. Not because they're being shoved down your throat. It's because they show up. And other people just aren't showing up. So you always have that to rely on. That you have a sure hand who can hold a belt. You know, it's, they, if, it's... if all fails, put it on Mox. It's the argument that I've had too with people of like, why is Danielson coming back so early from these injuries? It's like they don't have a choice. They no, need him. They don't, and it's his choice. They need too. like they they need him, like because everybody like now with Kenny Omega being out for the foreseeable future, yeah, um, and other talents suffering injuries as well, they really don't have people at the top of the card that no. You need to be able to, yeah. Adam Copeland helps. Christian's had yes. a tremendous run this year. Tremendous. Um, you know, and I think he's the most improved wrestler. That's weird to say about a guy in his fifties, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so weird to say about a guy in his fifties, but uh, he has been one of the best heels in pro wrestling this past year, and that uh, you can that that's. MJF was a better baby face this year. <laughs> like he he was like of course he's the dastardly heel but again with everything that they did with with uh MJF at the end kind of just making him kind of like everybody's favorite scumbag. Uh yeah. Christian was the only full-blooded heel full-blooded heel all year in that company. And he made you want to see him get killed week after yes. week after week and that's what made him so great uh he's also yeah, the father and, of the year father of the year without question <laughs> undisputed father of the year christian you know the thing is with christian he's finding children and not only he really is he is. finding children he's fucking their mom He hey. is saying. <laughs> you know, your soul is mine. You know, he's like, give me your keys, your boots, and your motorcycle jacket. You know. I I love I love what he's done with Nick Wayne. I think it's hilarious. Um yeah. with his with his mom. It's just hysterical to me. Like, yeah, Nick Wayne he's openly, me. you know, talking like in front of Nick, and he's like, "I fucked your mom." <laughs> that is a promo he did. Nick Wayne's is chilling in the back with his mom, <laughs> and he's like, "I got luckier last night." 
Wink, wink. I fucked your mom, Nick. <laughs> and Nick Wayne is just standing there smiling at the fact that someone's just out there loudly saying, and I got some good. I fucked last your mom. Night. Yeah, I fucked your mom. <laughs> like, that's his entire gimmick, and it's hilarious. Like, he's literally yeah, that, like your dad's that dad, asshole stepdad from, like, the 1980s and every fucking, like, comedy back then. It's just like, yeah. Literally, that's that's what he's done. He's got the turtleneck. He's got his, like, oh, God, he's such a Bond villain. I fucking love it. But it's not even just a turtleneck. Can we just be honest here? <laughs> it's a sleeveless turtleneck. It's a sleeveless turtleneck. That's right. Which if actually was anything... fashioned by, which actually I think he stole from Jeff Jarrett because Jeff Jarrett was doing that gimmick too this year. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Jeff Jarrett came out with it first. He came out with everything first. Jeff Jarrett <laughs> is the master of innovation. Can I can I say one thing about AEW that is a little concerning that to me? Um, that I kind of needed to follow up on. Sure. And I just, because I thought about it when I was coming onto the program tonight, I was going to bring this up in my kind of AEW piece that I was going to say. Yeah. Does it concern you at all? Um, the fact that, uh, well, Kota Ibushi, I guess, is in the, had a really bad time at Noah. And yeah. he was in the hospital. I guess he banged up his ankles really badly. Abushi, uh, yeah. in my opinion, should not be in the ring. I feel like no. he is—he is at a point in his career where it's like you got to take care of yourself, pal, because you're, you know. And some of the spots that I saw him do this year, where it's just like you don't like your neck, do you at all? Uh, yeah. Just some of the things he was doing, and it's also concerning too with. Uh, Shibata shouldn't also be in the ring either. He looks great, though. He looks great. Every Shibata match looks great. They protect it, him. It can go bad quick with him. And well, just don't problem. put him in a yeah. Don't put him in a ring with Rich Holland. You're fine. And don't have him do headbutts. Yeah. No diving headbutts. No Rich Holland. It wasn't um, even diving headbutt. It was just a regular headbutt, and that's what caused all the issues. A cerebral yeah. hematoma. Um, yeah. And New Japan would not clear him. AEW no. would. So that's why. Uh, and it's that's something. If New Japan's not going to. New Japan's not not, not going to clear you. Uh, there's something there. There's yeah, they clear Ibushi every time. They're like. Yeah. There's something there. We put duct there. tape on him. And sent him to the ring. Kenny's always had injuries too. Like Kenny, like yeah. he had, he was always hurting at New Japan. I mean, that style just, and I think that's been part of the problem with AEW too, is just the fact of that they're trying to be that New Japan, like more that freelance style. And, yeah, you know, as I'm watching Darby Allen, who, you know, he's three steps away yeah. from a walker. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> eventually Darby Allen is just going to do a for real coffin match. And not tell anyone. <laughs> and he's just gonna fucking dive into the coffin <laughs> and die. Like that was it. Like he 
used all the rest of his life force for that dive. And then everyone's like, oh, no, he's written off TV. No, he's written off of Earth. No, he's dead. He did. He did. But... He did. <laughs> uh, what he's is your got next? got a death certificate. He's got a death certificate. Tony Khan has signed it. It's good. It's 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 signed, sealed, and delivered. Um, what is your next headline or uh, story for you that for twenty twenty three? Well, we kind of already talked about um, kind of just everything in AEW that uh, was a black cloud for them. Oh yeah. What about hell freezing over? Oh geez, that was one of my big stories too. Because I I that was. I guess, but that's also a topic that we can kind of just go on about too, because I I was stunned for like two yeah. days. Literally, yeah. I I was like, I'm I talked to Stephanie the next day. I'm like, CM Punk's back in WWE. She's like, and I had to keep. I said it to her like eight times that day. I was like, this happened. Um. Well, and you were a big uh, conspirator on that. You were always telling me he's going to debut, he's going to do this, he's going to do it, Summer Mm -hmm. uh, Survivor Series. And I kept telling you, like, he can't, he won't, he won't do it because of this, this, and this, which is his past. Yeah. You know, the infamous Miz tweet where he tells him to go suck a blood money covered dick. Yeah. Um, what do you say now if you're CM Punk? Do you say, oh, I, I made up? I don't. It was like you te- we talked about it after it happened and we watched a couple of his promos and you're just like, this isn't CM Punk. This isn't the angry. um, The angry kind of punk rock guy that was like, stick it to the man. This is now like it's like what MJF talked about, you know, when during that feud, when he was just like, this yeah. is PG punk, you know? And it's when you get older, obviously you're, you mature and you, you hope you hope I'm fucking 40 years old and still think like <laughs> I'm 13. Like I'm still laughing at dumb shit all the time and coming up with just, you know, um, yeah, and the thing about it is, is that no one expected this. No one. No. Like I, I remember telling you, I'm like Survivor Series, it's gonna happen, and I was going into that weekend, and I'm like, it's a twenty percent chance it's gonna happen. Like that's how, because everybody was saying, everybody and their mother was saying from that company, there is no way this is gonna happen. Yep, and. Sure enough, we're watching it. I'm, I'm thinking like they have the copyright up. It's over. All right, he's not coming out. And then all of a sudden, you hear the whole fucking building the whole building just implodes. And well, I, I mean, you bury. Let's just be honest, though. By doing what they did and how they did it. You buried the main event. I don't even remember the, the main event. I don't remember. I could. I can't tell you who did it. I, I can't tell you what the main event was I, even I, about. 
I, I think well, yeah, uh, the, the Judgment Day with Drew, yeah, versus uh, Cody, maybe Seth Rollins. I don't, I don't fucking know. Cody, Seth Rollins, Jey Uso, and um, Randy Orton. Because it doesn't matter. You had Randy Orton yeah. re-debut. Randy Orton's first match in a year and a half back. You're looking real jacked, baby. Looking great. Looks fantastic. Yeah. Um, and then you literally shit on it with CM Punk. Because I, I had discussions with people about this. Um, about that about that with the same night. They're like, "Is there? do you think Orton's pissed? I said, no. Orton's a company guy. And Orton yeah. also, um, he's matured. He's very, he's very much matured, but he also understands. Look, um, this is going to help us out. This is going to feed us. Don't say more. it, Dan. Don't say what. It's what? best for business. No, I'm not going to say what's best for business. What I'm going to say is, is that it's going to feed people. Yeah, it's going to be able, like it's it. People are going to be able to make a lot of money from this, especially like. Rollins with his reaction and all this stuff. Rollins understands the concept of he's selling it that he's pissed. And I remember thinking, yeah. I'm like, Michael Cole, like everybody thought it was a shoot. Like, oh, Rollins is really pissed. He didn't know this was going to happen. Everybody knew it was going to happen. In no, they room. knew it was going to happen. Yeah. They knew it was going to happen. Um, and I think I would have loved to have been in that production truck, though. Where at the end of that show, all of a sudden Triple H comes over the headsets and says, "Play Cult of Personality." You're like, "What?" And then all of a sudden you're gonna play, you play it, and then you're like, "Oh shit!" Like realizing of what what is happening. I mean, apparently he he sold six hundred thousand dollars in shirts in like a three hour period. The minute those that shirt went up, he sold six hundred thousand dollars. It's insane. Like yeah. he was the number one seller on pro wrestling tees this year by a mile. Yeah. And we talk about perception, we talk about optics. The same week that he debuted in WWE was the same week that Walmart released the CM Punk Supreme figure with AEW branding on it. Yeah. And so now people are going to Walmart and they're just like, oh, they got their already got a CM Punk figure out? Like, yeah. <laughs> they, they're not, because let's face it, there's two different audiences for WWE and there's two, you know, the WWE audience, the majority of them, they have thought that CM Punk's been sitting on his ass for the last 10 years, not doing anything. Yeah. And it's the real hardcores like us that know, oh, yeah, he's been doing more than that in the last 10 years. Um, I mean, two and a half years ago, I was sitting here watching, watching Rampage from Chicago. Yeah. And seeing this man get maybe the best return in pro wrestling history for yeah. for now for a talent ever, it 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 was so perfectly well done. The man gave people yeah. ice cream bars, like it was a it oh, was. Oh, he made good on the promise. He did. It was like it was literally like Christmas morning. 
Like yeah. when you're like six or seven years old and it's just like, you literally got your favorite gift. This guy who everybody loves almost everybody uh, comes back and comes back to the industry that he is so great in. Cause let's face it, folks. Yeah. He is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Not just because yeah. of, not just because of his in ring work, but his ability to captivate an audience. You don't sell merchandise just by name value sometimes. You sell merchandise because you have to be fucking great. And that's what yeah. he is. He is a great professional wrestler. Um, he's a great like some... personality. Oh, he's fantastic. He's one of the best ever. Um, do I like some of the tactics? No. <laughs> I think do what I he did to them? AEW was pretty fucking terrible. Um, especially because they gave him that that return. They you gave know, him we everything he about. wanted. They gave yeah. him every. They, he got a lot of money. He got to work with. He got complete creative control. Anybody yeah. he wanted he to got work a TV with. Show. He got his own fucking show. They kept him separated. I mean, he did want to work with the elite, and I kind of got to give the elite some shit too because, yeah, that was money they left on the fucking table. That was money that could have helped AEW in a time where they really needed it. I yeah, think CM if you had TR versus the Elite, done. Boom. Exactly. If you had CM Punk versus the Elite right now, their business would be doing a lot better. The yeah. fan, the, the stands would be full, and I think that, and the minute that that happened, and that you guys and that those guys didn't want to come to, to come to the table and get it done. That's when you have to sit there and be like a boss and say, yeah. this is happening whether you like it or not. And if you don't like it, you can leave. Here's my thing. This, though, right? ne- this needs to happen. Like, cause we're going to make does. a lot of money from this. It does. And, and my thing is this, they didn't want to do business in their own company. I know this isn't just like a talent thing. This is a, a, a producer thing, a, a vice president thing, executive exactly. vice president. They have a part in this company. And they didn't want it to grow to succeed. That's the impression that's given off. Do I think that it's is. true? No, I don't think it's true. I think it's uh, he said, she said, and there's something in the middle here that we just don't know. Right. We don't know how it went. No one does, because supposedly... No. Everybody signed to an NDA except uh, Ace Steel's wife. Yep. Um, so we may never hear what really happened, or we may hear it through a leaked source, his wife. Um, you know, and she's just parroting Ace Steel's version of it to, to, you know, let's be honest, down AEW. I don't think AEW comes out of this unscathed. Um, And which is more to say about what they've already, you know, been through with this whole thing. Because Brawl Out happened in 2022. Mm. And we're in 2024 and we're still feeling the effects. Well, um, people shouldn't be tweeting on Christmas morning at four o'clock in the morning. Uh, I don't think we're gonna get into that situation. But, we're not. No, I'm uh, not. What I, mm, 
I'm not implying that I'm not trying to talk about that situation because that's a completely different one and it's unfounded yet. We know nothing about it, but I, all I'm going to say is, is that he talked about the subject that you don't have to talk about it anymore at four o'clock in the morning on Christmas. Yeah. He's like when, yeah. And I'm sure uh, Brian Danielson probably read that while he was opening gifts with his kids. It was just he like, find are you fucking kidding me? Like, why? Why, Chris? Why? You know better. Because Chris is having another little bit of the bubbly at 4 a.m., you know. He's entitled. He's entitled. He lives his life the way he wants it. I'm not going to down him for that. But it is something. It's just like, don't respond to it. The lawyer's out. He's talking. He's having conversations. Don't respond to it. Oh, I mean, that person and... You know, I don't have a super high opinion of that individual that was substantiating these rumors, but um, you know, are we ta- I think are we are we talking about um, the lawyer? Or are we talking about um, some other both. people that we? Uh, yeah. yeah, the co-host and uh, the lawyer, motherfucker. You know? <laughs> I love how Jim. A, uh, I, I love instrument. how Jim. Jim pretty much has come out. Jim has come out of this pretty much just like I'm not involved in any of this. I'm just a good bird town lawyer, small town bird yeah. lawyer. <laughs> and if you need somebody, Stephen PP new. I find it hilarious that he used. He hired Stephen P. New as a lawyer. I'm just like, are you fucking serious? Did he call Cornette the next day and was just like, I need a lawyer? I got somebody for you. He he called him in the middle of a Wendy's run. Mm-hmm. Hey, punk. I'm getting a double cheeseburger and Sprite. Can I call you back? Mm-hmm. Make my fucking food, bitch. Call I was thinking. Wendy's. I was thinking after that happened, I was like. Uh, or after Punk was fired, I was like, if he's going to do any podcast right now, it's going to be it was Cornette. Cornette. You said that. Yeah. yeah. I was like, because Cornette's the only one that's really treated him fair and like unbalanced. And I'm like, he'll do Cornette's podcast if he doesn't sign with another promotion. Which, um, of, yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about um, media, uh, media uh, interviews and shit. Yeah. Fox News, of all channels, <laughs> had a new a New Year's show hosted by Tyrus in a pimp hat with his fucking beard. That looks all sorts of raggedy. And he was joined by Ric Flair. And um, there was a, a, a controversial comment that was cut from a broadcast of AEW Rampage made by Ric Flair. I don't understand and why it's controversial considering he's been saying it since the fucking 80s. Well, because back in the 80s, he wasn't nearly 80. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of weird when uh, it's 
someone who's old enough to be your great grandpa is like, if you don't have any age of consent, get in my hotel room so I can give you up. You know, it's kind of weird. Um, regardless, I love him. Uh, Tyrus goes, Rick, you should never apologize for being you. You should never have had to apologize to AEW. And it just gets me thinking. What is fucking Tyrus talking? Because he was the NWA champion this year, which means Billy Corgan supports whatever the fuck. And that killed their promotion. You know what's you know what's funny? The fact that Fox News had on New Year's Eve maybe the greatest NWA champion of all time and then the worst NWA champion of all time on the same broadcast. It's like what? At the same time. Yeah. I know. And I thought Fox News coverage of New Year's Eve was just going to be them picketing CNN's broadcast because it's considering it's hosting. <laughs> no, that fucking... Just outside the CNN studios. They're just so mad. They're just like, why are these two gentlemen hosting this show? <laughs> <laughs> That's Fox One of News them is gay, which well, is... Both a, of them are. It, yeah, it's, it's impressionable both. on our children. Yeah, exactly. So they were just Think like... Oh. the children. They were, they were just sick of they're like at the stroke of midnight they're just going to do horrible things to each other on air no they're not no they're you not you can see the impressionability on the children oh, through God. the screen I hate Fox News I, I hate the news they're the, I hate news period like because yes. you know it, it's never fair and fucking balanced as I even say. hate Bad News Barrett oh, well, why because he gives news, bad news. Shut up, Barrett. Good. I don't want to hear your news. I don't want to hear anything. I don't. I don't want the news. I don't care if his gimmick was good. I don't. I don't care if I liked his little gavel. Ding ding ding. <laughs> and his little rising I like the podium. podium that was on the scissor lift. I, th- I thought that. Yeah, was the rising podium. Yeah. You know, um, I I hate you, Barrett, because you have news in your name. If you were just bad, Barrett, I'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. But you have to go and add the news. Yeah, I can do I'll, it. I'll, I'll, I do enjoy though the fact that like he is an excellent, excellent broadcaster. He's a like, great he commentator. Is, he is great. He came from NWA. He did. He, he left, and uh, then they start doing cocaine and have Tyrus as champion. Which we're talking about the NWA. That brings me to my next point: the rise of LA Knight. Talk about Eli Drake. Eli Drake, correct. But if we're talking about um if we're talking about WWE characters, it's LA Knight. Um Dummy. Dummy, yeah. <laughs> um my favorite promo with him is probably the one where he just shoes of a champion. Oh, did I just say that twice? <laughs> Dan, are you hungry? <laughs> yeah. 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 It was uh, just, it was really, I, I think, a, um, it was really cool to have somebody that I've always respected. I've always liked Eli Drake, um, yeah, LA Knight for that matter. 
um and but it was really kind of it was really good for him and i think for the industry to kind of see him because you know we all saw it with max dupree it was over like we all thought it was like it's over it's over johnny well i was i was waiting for keith lee to put a tweet out man if i'm with what i'm hearing is true about la night over la night (laughs) you know like that's what i was waiting for i was waiting for the good keith lee tweet i feel bad for keith lee because of well especially now concern effect of that i guess he's been dealing with an injury now for like yeah so which is why didn't you disclose it for this long because we've had so many fucking questions last year or so i think it's because he realizes like i gotta work you know like i have to i have to do this and prove it to himself and maybe it's pride you know we don't know these guys are all you know prideful um well i know they're i I know they're prideful but it's just like he never gives clarity when he probably should because then because then there's there's a good audience of people that they follow this guy they respect this guy and they want to be able to support this guy and then he just goes he goes silent or just disappears for months at a time and then it's just like well i almost died he did it in wwe before and then he was just like well i almost died and all this stuff and it's just like why didn't you fucking why didn't you at least he goes daniel i keep my personal life private I keep my marriage private. Yeah, I understand. And then I sit there in my lazy boy and I giggle about what I've said. I go, <laughs> that was a good one, Keith. It's just like the, the, the questions with him have just been, you've been dealing with this injury now since like last Forbidden Door. Why didn't you yes. just tell us? Like, why didn't you come out and say, because... There's all these questions. There's always been all these questions with him. Like, why didn't do they, they do a follow-up with Swerve? Why did it take them this long to do a follow-up with Swerve? Because he, you was, know, because... he was fucking injured. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but they didn't say anything. No. Which is one thing AEW does all the time. It's annoying. We always complain that it's like, oh my God, where is so-and-so? Oh my God, they buried him. Oh my God, the roster's too, too deep. No, most of the people you don't see are just injured. They just don't talk yeah. about it. You know, and if the wrestler wants to talk about it, then they talk about it. You know, uh, then they come back. I and everyone's I, like, oh, finally he's back. I, I think the that that's been their biggest problem too has just been their lack of transparency on things. Like you yeah. have to be able to let people know. Like I understand some things. People jump on Tony when he's just when they ask him really tough things and he's just like I can't comment on that. Yeah. He is, you know, it's a very we're in a society now where it's like people think things can be <laughs> taken out of context. We're in a society now that where things can be taken out of context very very, very yeah. easily. Um and well, it's sensationalized. Yeah. And he when you're also dealing with lawyers, when you're mm-hmm. also dealing with, um, when you're on that top spot, sometimes you can't say certain things. You have to be yeah. vague, but you know, and 
It's perception. I, it's perception. Again, it's perception of just like, oh, he's a shady promoter. Mm-hmm. That's not letting people know. No, it's probably just because of the fact that he legally can't give an answer because he's binded to it. And, well, and he also, does pay attention to that quite a bit. And so does Paul Levesque. So does Paul Levesque. But also, too, um, yeah, you know, because when Punk went to go visit um, WWE earlier in 2023, I think it was in the spring, uh, he was asked to leave the building by Vince because he didn't want to have any accusations of contract tampering. Well, I think which, that entire move by Punk was such a slap in the pop- face to AEW. And it was a power play. Yeah. Yeah, was, it, it was uncalled it was, for. Which is why when I when that happened, I was like, oh. I knew what it was. Yeah. I knew what it was. I said, he's feeling them out. Like, he's yeah. feeling them out to gauge interest to see what will happen. Because maybe he didn't, because if we're led to believe what was going on, there's so yeah. many reports that I heard that he wanted out. Like, he wanted yeah. out. Uh, when he found out that the, the elite didn't want to work with him, he was just like, well, why am I coming back then? You know, why bring me back? Like, if they don't want to work with me, we know this program's going to make money, but they don't want to work with me, then why the hell am I coming back? And we really don't know what happened with that whole rollout. Mm-mm. I think there's a whole idea that was put out there, and everyone agrees that, yeah, it's pretty close to the truth. But we don't know the truth. No. We'll never know. The only people who know the truth are the people who were involved. And, and uh, you know, it, it's just with all the contract tampering and everything that Tony has kind of, and he's also someone that he doesn't like to betray people's trust. So he's yeah. not going to say anything publicly, which again, I think is commendable. Yeah. Um, For him, the only time I've ever he- heard him say anything negative about a talent is when Big Swall was leaving. And uh Which he pretty much just started that. Yeah. Yeah. But and he said that, you know, I didn't find her to be that good of a talent compared to what we which, which the where is she made. Yeah, exactly. What is she doing? Nothing. So you know everyone talks really loud and never backs it up. If Big Swole wanted to show Tony Khan that he was wrong. Where are you? Yeah. Why aren't you on these indie posters? The poster. You don't even have to be booked for a match. They can sell you on a poster? Yeah. Then what the fuck does it matter? You know, uh, Fuego Del Sol put out a uh, post recently, a video, you know, and he went off. He was just like, you guys who are doubting me, I'm going to show you I'm elite. You know, he's like, I will get back on TV. I don't care how long it takes me. Um, I'm going to do it. You can't stop me. You know, and it was believable. It didn't sound weak. So I hope no. the best for Fuego. I, I I look at um 
you you always look at someone that the first thing that they do is blame the promoter. Yeah. They never look at themselves in the mirror and say, I failed. They blame the promoter. And Tony Khan is unfortunately in a position, he's in a no-win position. He wants to try to, everybody's like, oh, he wants to be friends with everybody in his talent. It's just like, well, yeah, he kind of wants to be one of the boys, but at the same time, he can't. Right. Because he's the boss. And I, do I think that he has done an, an excellent job of trying to keep harmony? Absolutely. But he's had so many outside factors that have affected him and, and infested into that locker room where you're just like, oh, no. And hopefully he'll be able to turn it around. I, I, I mean, one of my predictions, uh, we'll talk about the media rights deals, which yeah. that has to be extremely stressful for him. What's been going on and the rumors that have been coming out. Um is there smoke to the, is there, you know, is there smoke to the, to the situation that's been going on? Like with, uh, the Warner brothers and, you know, the WWE situation it, it's, yeah. and then they have to worry about a merger with, uh, Paramount plus to, uh, recently, which I listened to, uh, Eric Bischoff, I listened to on this subject only because of the fact he lived it at one point with the Warner yeah. Brother, with uh, Time Warner and the AOL merger when they were riding high. And then the merger with uh, Time Warner and AOL happened. And then things started to take a turn. So he has a different perspective on what to expect with what's going to happen with this company. Um, and the possibly ramifications of a possible merger or if uh, certain intellectual properties end up on Warner brothers uh, table that AEW will have to get put to side because of a no compete clause. So it's going to be very, it, it's, it's challenging for them, but I, the wrestling world is better for AEW existing. It's just a yeah. simple fact. And I am hard on them. And I mean, I think we, we've gone back and forth on it a lot because you've been like, yeah. you're a hater of it. And it's like, I'm not a hater. I'm just someone that I try to call it like I see it. Mm -hmm. I'm someone that tries to, I had an argument with a friend of mine the other day and he's going to WrestleMania this year. And he really wants Rock and Roman are main evented. And I said, absolutely not. Yes. I said, the plan, I said, it's got to be Cody. Cody's got to beat him at Mania. This fucking title reign has to end. It's been going on too long. Yeah. And he was just like, but Rock and Roman. I'm like, no. I'm like, do it at fucking Australia. I said, do it at Elimination Chamber. Do it at the Royal Rumble. I said, I do not want to see that at WrestleMania. I said, because that's Vince McMahon logic. You're giving I up. I think the worst part about it, though, there's no, there's no way that Rock wins. Mm -mm. So why the no. fuck are you doing the match? Just a pad of stats. It's a stat patter. That's all it is. It's literally like, um, 
you're just trying to say, oh, he's the greatest champion ever. Who's going to be able to defeat him? He's defeated Brock. He's defeated Cena. He's been defeated The Rock. Come on. I understand how historic this title reign is. I, I get it. Even though it's a sh- at this point, it should have a fucking asterisk next to it because the yeah. man has barely defended the championship the last year and a half. Yeah. Like they had to create a secondary world title just so they can have somebody a on every third show. world title. Hmm. Yeah. Because the WWE championship and the universal championship still are not deactivated. No, they're not. Um, which I expect though, when that happens that they're just going to, the universal title will just be retired and they're just going to have like the WWE champion. Cause that's what Cody wants. Cody, that's the whole, when they had this tournament to begin with, I was just like, Cody can't win that world heavyweight title. It's gotta be the WWE championship. Yeah. He can't. And, um, but now what do you do with Seth? Well, I mean, I think, I think Cody will go to SmackDown probably, or I don't know what they're going to do with the titles. I don't know if they're going to switch them over. No, but I just what, mean, what are they going to do with Seth in general? Because I don't see anyone who now can beat him. Punk. You know, we talked about Roman last year with this. Who's believable besides Cody? Punk. Yeah. Punk. Yeah, you, like, and I talked about this quite a bit. Um, after Survivor Series, I think me and you talked about it, and I talked about it with a with a couple other people. I said I, I was going into it. I'm like, Punk has to lose to at WrestleMania to Seth, <laughs> but I've kind of flipped that now because he's so hot. Like as far mm-hmm. as merch sales and as far as ticket sales, it's like. Okay, have him win at Mania, but then he drops the title back to him like a month later, and then you do the fucking, or you have the rematch for a month later, and then Damian Priest comes out and finally cashes in. That's that's I think the the logical kind of uh, way to go. I, I mean, you got to do a trilogy with Seth and CM Punk, and I think Seth has to beat him twice. I think that that's your best way of doing it. I think that also puts the, the berries the hatchet. Like, look at Seth Rollins can say that he hates CM Punk and all that stuff, which I think that there's some real animosity there. But also, Punk trained him. And he trained him also when he had, like, no money. Like, Seth Rollins owes CM Punk a lot. And Punk is going to pay. And they're going to make a shit ton of money from this mania because personal feuds with personal animosity outside of the ring are fucking money because everybody knows that these two, they have a history with each other. They're going to build this thing for the next four months, for the next three months, all your, this thing is going to be built. And I, I, firmly expect he's going to win the rumble or he is going to win uh, the elimination chamber or something. I hope it's the rumble because I'll be there. Right. And it, it, to me, it's like the, uh, the rumble. I I remember getting the tickets in October 
And uh, I remember thinking, I might wait because the ticket's right. Like, cause, And I'm glad I didn't wait because right. the ticket's prices literally shot up. I think they're like 900 bucks a piece now for the tickets that I got. Jesus. So it literally tripled. Um, Did you say tripled? Yeah. Uh, and it's it's all because of the fact that he's back and the fact, too, that, like, you know, he can still go. And it, it's going to be interesting to see how good of a match with because Rollins is going to be able to carry him without question. And I don't think he needs much carrying, but I think at the same time, it's going to it's going to work out. Well, the thing that. I see already a difference in the presentation is AEW had Punk, which probably was his choice, let's be honest. A right. full-time guy. Right. Every week, Punk. And I think he wanted to do that. You know, I don't want it to be some conversation where, you know, people think like, oh, he didn't want to. Mm-hmm. In WWE, he's not. He He's just to. a part-time guy. Yeah. Cody is a part-time guy. Roman is a part-time guy. Well, I mean, I, th- I think Cody is a part-time Cody worked. Gal. Cody had over like a hundred matches last year, I think, which well, he had the be, most. Yeah, which a hundred, by the way, over a hundred is ridiculous considering the fact that 20 years ago some of these guys are working 250, 275 dates a year. Um, where Hogan, people can shit on Hogan as much as they did uh, as far as his work rate is, is that concerned. But, you know, in the 80s, he was working 300, 325, 340 days a year. And some of those were double shots. Or you're working a matinee in Boston, and then you got to go to fucking MSG the same night. Yeah. Um, that's That was how the business was done back then. They had three crews. Like they had an A, they were running A shows, they were running B shows, and they were running C shows. Now they're probably just going to be doing a lot of A and B shows because, from what I understand, with uh, Endeavor, with TKO, they want to try and lower. What's this? Is it dance off now? They just had the Nan- Prince Nana versus Daniel Garcia dance off. <sighs> That's great. I love it. It's so great. Um. But now it's, but they want to try to lower, they don't want to do a lot of the C shows anymore as far as like house shows. So house show business is going to start changing. But it's, wrestling now is a television entity. You know, it's not, it's not like it was 40 years ago when you're running shows seven days a week in the same towns every Monday, same towns every Tuesday, same towns every Wednesday. Um, well, I mean, TNA called it. They're ready for it. They've been running the same sound stage. <laughs> they're they're on this baby. Well, uh, I mean, even, I mean, even TNA tours now. They're touring yeah. again. Yep. Um, MLW tours. Yep. GCW tours. Name me a company that doesn't tour. That maybe uh... maybe Defy. Beyond wrestling, you know, too, but too. you have like those regional indies that are big in their area that they're nationwide known, right? But they're 
they are here, like AAW. Right. And now you have Warrior Wrestling touring um, the Midwest. And that's weird to me. Right. But, and people might not know why, it's owned by a Catholic high school. It's run by the principal of said high school. It started out of the high school gym. And now it's running like random places in Michigan and Indiana. Um, strange. Right. But, you know, if, I, if, if I've ever learned anything on this earth, it's that the Catholic Church has money. <laughs> <laughs> well, they used to. <laughs> <laughs> They're a little less powerful now, but yeah, they, they at one point, um, at least in Chicago, they're probably, because I know that the big, uh, they, do they still have a big Irish kind of yeah background out in there? Chicago? Okay. Yeah. So Chicago was broken up. You have like your, your, your Latino side. Uh, you have the Irish side. Yep. You have the, the projects. Yeah. Um, which is the south side. And the north side is more your your affluent rich people, you know. Right. So when everyone always judges Chicago and puts it in this box, um it's impossible. You can't put Chicago in a box. Because they have the no, great town too. They have whatever the Cubs are. Um, <laughs> shit but that's besides the point yeah just human defecation just human defecation like the only cool part about um, the only cool part about Wrigley Field is the fact that uh, <laughs> the Blues Brothers use that as their address <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I got his address. They end up at Wrigley Field. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> orange Whip. Quick. Orange Whip. Three Orange Whips. <laughs> New Oldsmobiles are in early this year. Full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark. And sunglasses. We're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> oh, Danny boy. Well, I think this has been a hoot and a holler, and twenty twenty three was a hell of a year. We want any predictions quickly. Like for do you expect for twenty twenty four? Just like a couple quick ones. I think predictions uh so for aew i see them signing okada mm. um and i see them also signing zach saber jr 
And lastly, Alex Hammerstone. I think those are their three big free agents. And the rationale between Okada and Zach is guaranteed money, guaranteed uh, American dates, because mm-hmm. they both like to work America. Yep. And the opportunity to still be in New Japan all the time. I think for more the, money. I think those are valid, valid points. Um, do you think they're on Turner? This time next year. Yeah, yeah. I think AEW barring um, a a absolute shock is on Turner because seeing WWE on TBS or TNT would just be just, <laughs> I think honestly the most surreal that uh, oh, experience man. because I... oh oh that didn't look good. Oh, that didn't. Um, I'm a few seconds behind. Oh, shit. Oof. I think Garcia got a concussion. Yeah, I don't. Oh. Yeah, I think he, I think someone. Yeah, I think I think Garcia got a concussion out of that. I think he hit his head. I mean, they 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 came up pretty quick. Yeah, for but... what that looked like. I mean, Oof. they hit straight into those chairs. And those chairs yeah, they might be all right. Yeah, you know, they can't afford to lose Swerve for any time right now, though. Or Garcia. Or Garcia, but they especially with Swerve because Swerve right now is mega hot. Money, money, fucking money. I think, I think you, I think, I think Swerve will probably be the wrestler of the year for AEW in twenty twenty four. Without he's going to be the wrestler of the year. Period. He's going to be uh, Dave Meltzer's wrestler of the year. Right. You're going to see him on the oh. WON. Well, the PWI. Um. I I think and I'm not and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to hurt AEW by saying this but I just have a feeling that WWE Raw is going to end up on either TNT or TBS. I just that gut feeling kind of where it's going. But do you see um, WWE breaking free from Peacock? Well, they can't for another year. Yeah, so then um, why go to why go to Turner? Well, because if they can go to Max in January of next year and they wouldn't be moving to Turner until October 2024. So they still so would like a three end, month overlap. Yeah, so it'd be a three month overlap. But also they still have they're gonna have SmackDown on USA, so there's gonna be like some content sharing and that type of stuff, I think. Uh, and how you know, weird gonna... is this? NXT on the CW. Yeah. You still have USA with SmackDown. C- CW is also owned by Paramount. Are they? So, yeah. So if that 
if that deal goes through with Paramount and uh, H and Warner Brothers, then yeah. two parts of their show would be under the umbrella. Two shows, at least, would be under that umbrella. Which would be huge for them. Mm-hmm. Without question. Um, and then you could either be on Paramount. Then you can move the network to either Paramount Plus or over to HBO Max, one of the two. Um, which that's going to be another fucking shit show of just like, all right, whose app is it going to be? <laughs> is it going to be Max yeah. or is it going to be Paramount Plus to went out? Plus, Showtime well, is also talking owned about by Paramount. Paramount is also owned Showtime. So then that would be HBO and Showtime being under, like, there's so many variables with this thing possibly that could happen. Like that 20 years ago, most people or people that are like media nerds like myself that would just be like, what? WWE's on Turner and now HBO and Showtime are the same company. What the fuck's going on here? Yeah. I I honestly, when you brought it up to me, I was so confused how it would work. I just don't see how that, because alone the court case, right, is going to be years. For what? It, they're two massive companies. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, hangman. But um, they're also. I mean, Warner Brothers has a lot of debt um, and also have been poorly managed on multiple fronts, not just from a con, not just from like a studio standpoint, but their content. I mean, look what they've done with freaking DC comics. It's oh, God, it's tra- it should be. They should be they should be brought up on war crimes for what they've done to Batman and Superman over the last few years. Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah, Cody DC, finish his story uh, at Mania? No. Whoa. No, I don't see Cody getting that done. But he should. I mean, if Triple H is the booker that he has been, it'll happen. But I think I could I, also I see it, it not happening. I think it I think it happens. I, I think I think Cody gets injured. That's what I think happens. I mean, it's possible, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like that. Um, I don't think Roman is going to pass Hogan. I just well, no, I but don't I think. mean, here's the thing, right? Cody broke apart from the feud. Yep. Right. Completely distanced himself. Yeah, you could say he's been with, you know, Jay and that kind of links it, but yeah. For for better or worse, he's linked. You know, he, or he's completely uh removed from that story. Right. How do you do how do you get the interest? You have 3 months or 2 months really. Um well, no, 3, 3, right? January, February. Yeah. 3 months. Yeah. To build a complete story again where we believe Cody can you know overtake Roman 
and finally slay the beast, you know, and then come out on his chosen show and be like showing the belt off and be like, so what do you want to talk about? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like it's a big surprise that he's the champion. So how do you make that happen? How do you rebuild that story where Roman looks human again? Uh, and Cody doesn't look like someone who hasn't won a feud in a while. I think um, you don't have him win the Rumble. You don't have him win the Rumble because then it's just it that road's already been done. No pun intended, but it's just you need something else. You need another barrier for him to have to cross. It's but gonna what, be what could be that barrier. Puts his career on the line. Oh, come on. Is he going to do the AEW thing? If I can't be Roman Reigns, I will never challenge for the WWE Championship again. They're going to put some type of clause. They're going to put something in there. (laughs) Santa? No, I I think they're going to put, there's going to be some type of wording in a contract that's going to be like, this is it. Like, this is your last shot. And I, um, that is because I don't know what because you you're right I don't know where you can go from this I don't yeah they had that slow you're starting cold again but who the fuck else are they gonna put up against Roman nobody Brock that's it Rock you, know, I mean, you throw that Brock match is gonna Roman maybe again. go eight minutes because Rock has no cardio he was fucking no, winded the other night Brock oh Brock yeah Brock. Brock, that guy. Well, they're, they're probably mm-hmm. going to do Brock and Gunther at Mania. Do you which think? Him, which Brock has good. to win the Intercontinental? Which why? It's another well, it's Undertaker at WrestleMania moment. Brock doesn't need um, it. He doesn't need to no. break the streak. Well, you have Gunther beat him. You can't have Gunther beat him. You can't. I, no. You can. How can you have Gunther? Like, no, you cannot have Gunther beat Brock Lesnar. Nobody why is. Because it completely devalues Brock Lesnar. No, it doesn't. Who it beats doesn't Gunther devalue. then? Brock's already been. The thing about it is, Brock's in the point of his career where he's putting doing jobs, anyways. Like, he's, doing, you know, he, he's, he's doing choice jobs, let's be honest. Yeah. Because if Brock said. Tomorrow, I want the belt. You're paying the guy like seven to ten million dollars a year mm-hmm. to not be your champion. You need that return on investment for Brock. You do. I mean, but at the same What's time, he, he's I... not getting that through the Intercontinental Championship, and it doesn't value the belt more by having him win it. Mm. What does that establish? It's fair. It's a fair argument. But then Gunther beating him, that brings the prestige of that title up again. Well, yeah, it brings Gunther's prestige up. It makes him untouchable. Because here's the thing. And this is is the logic that I'm going to use. 
five years from now, fuck it, two years from now, Gunther's still going to yeah. be there. We don't know what Brock's, sure. what his timetable is going to look like. We don't know if he's going to be there in a year. We don't know if he's going to be there in two years. Like he's already said, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm facing the end of the road. So, well, yeah, he's going to be almost fifty, and he's got enough money. He doesn't need to fucking keep doing this. He has been one of the smartest. He has been one of the smartest performers in wrestling history for the amount of money that he's been able to make, and also for the fact of that, and then people can shit on his style or whatnot. Look. 20 years ago, 20 years ago, Brock Lesnar was an absolute gift as far as wrestling is concerned, because he literally could have done anything. He can yeah. run, he can fly, he can fucking like, but everybody's like, well, he's boring style. No, it's not boring. It's a, he knows what works for him, brother, and he's going to keep using it. He knows what brought well, him to dance. He he's going to keep using it. No, he doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't have to do suplex that he I think that's the most forgotten part. He can still do I know freakazoid things. It's almost like he chooses not to use his full power and says and this is like the scumbag part of Brock Lesnar's entire shtick. He says I am able to do all of those things you know that I could still, but I only need to beat you with one move. Yep. If you don't think of him as fucking M. Bison or Shao Kahn, you're missing the point. He is the sun in the Teletubby sky. He really is. He controls when the Teletubbies rise and when they go to fucking bed. He's one of and... my favorite. He's one of my favorites of all time. Like, and he was like, yeah. he, it was like that 20 years ago when I saw him, when I saw him try even, did he miss the shooting star press? Yes. But was it spectacular yeah. watching a guy, his size at a shooting star plus trying to hit a shooting star press. Absolutely. It was. But he used to hit that all the time. He is an elite athlete. If anybody yes. wants to second guess him, look at his fucking NFL combine numbers and tell look me he's not the an elite adjective. athlete. Play. We're not here to play. Play is not an adjective either. Breck. Breck. Brock Breck. Lesnar. Breck. Breck. Um... I, I got it. It's funny. You just, you called them the wrong name. So the first one year, so Steph, I think it was our second Valentine's day together. She got me a Brock Lesnar re- action figure for, oh. for Valentine's day. And uh, the problem is she went to the store. I think she went to Toys R Us at this point. And um, my friends and I used to call Brock at this point, Bork laser. Yeah. Like, everyone did. Cause that was the meme. It was like, everybody yeah. calls her Bork laser. So Steph went to Toys R Us and was asking the guy about Bork Laser. And they're just like, oh, you mean Brock Lesnar? Yeah, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I think these naming conventions rival uh, Heath Slater or Heath Miller 
or Heath as uh, or Sting. <clears throat> Jim Culotta. She called him Jim Cornette. Jim Culotta. I'm like, it's not Jim Culotta. It's Jim Cornette, honey. <laughs> she puts oh, up geez. with so much of my shit with this. It's not even funny. I feel like right now she's in the other room and she's, she just had to make dinner tonight because I was recording this podcast and you know she's just like <laughs> she told me she's like i didn't want to make meatloaf tonight so i put it in the freezer i put the meat in the freezer because i wanted you to make pork chops now i have to make fucking pork chops because you're doing a show <laughs> i just feel she gets the shit in so that's hard. why you messaged me yes. you were like we have to do this tomorrow mm-hmm. No, because Steph was like, Dan, make dinner. And you looked at your watch and said, it's a nope of fucking clock time. No, I, 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 podcast. I wanted to record this tonight only because I wanted to make sure this gets out on Friday so I can have tomorrow to edit it. <laughs> that's my, that's my thought process. Is what he would say. Is what I would say. Um, if he if he didn't want to if he wanted to make pork chops, he would uh, not be here right now. She got me Hulk Hogan meet and greet for fucking Christmas. I mean, she's a she's in the goat category as far as wives, fiancés, girls are concerned. She is, she belongs like, like love of my life, apple of my eye, all of it. She's that. And, oh yeah. Um, She's going to be more frequent on this program as well, folks. Like, uh, we have some ideas that we're going to run through. But, uh, Dan, what are your predictions before we get out of here? Well, I think AEW will um, have a bounce back year. Um, I think that they'll ride the ship. I think everybody will be talking about, yeah, they had a great year. Um to kind of counteract what would happen in 2023. Um, I don't know if they're going to be on to Warner brothers in a year. Um, I mean, that's still to be kind of be determined. There's a lot of so many factors going into that, the WWE factor, but also the NBA factor. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think people are concerned like where they're going to go uh, next year, but, I think they're going to have a good bounce back year. I think Cody finishes the story at Mania. Um, I think CM Punk wins the Royal Rumble. Mm -hmm. I'll be there. Uh, (laughs) I'll I'll see even how CM Punk has the the endurance. That's why you haven't got 27. (laughs) 27 or 28. Like, ah, you're good. They give him the full Undertaker entrance. Yeah. He gets down to the ring and everyone else is gone, but one dude who's just debilitated. Um, All he has to do is just push him over the ropes. I think Becky and Rhea is probably going to be at Mania. That's a a safe bet. Um, I think that's why Becky lost on Monday because they're going to try to go a story with her. Like where she's second guessing her. She, she got busted open. Yeah, uh, you got to give you got to give credit to to Nia Jack since her return. By the way, she has gotten a lot better. 
gotten a lot better. And she's, I, I think she's a lot safer now. Uh, let's put it that I, way. She, but Becky was busted open by Nia's hole. I know. Yeah. <laughs> another year, another Becky blood moment. Blood moment? Blood um, <laughs> with Nia Jack. It, if, it, it's so amazing to me that I and I know that there's such a PG company, but they missed the boat not releasing that T-shirt with her with the blood, like oh, with yeah. that original when that original incident with they should have that shirt would have fucking sold millions and they didn't do it because and I understand because it's like well it's not the Attitude Era but hey look that's kind of what propelled her into the position that she's in now so yeah but um. Uh, you know, I, I think, um, I, and I'll, I'll go with the, um, the, the real kind of hot take in the sense of that, like I said, I think WWE will be on Turner next year and it's a 50, 50 at best guess at this point. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say it's a lock, but it's more or less just like, I'm trying to give my skip bailiffs of just like, Oh, let me tell you. By the way, I hate Skip Bayless, too. You can add him to the list of, of people that Dan hates. Here's another episode. Dan hates everyone. <laughs> I just want you to be a crotchety old bastard. I'm already there now. Like, I'm there. Like, I'm crotchety. I'm old. You're not curmudgeon. You're not Archie Bunker level. No. Close. Maybe oh, about no. wrestling. Like, I'm getting into that category, like, maybe about wrestling, because the thing about it is, is that I was so, I, I got to get reminded of things sometimes, too, because it's like, yeah. uh, people, they're like, oh, you've never liked AEW. I'm like, no. I said, I like the first stadium stampede. I like Kenny Omega's uh, Bell Collector run. I thought the story they did with Hangman was fun. I loved MJF and CM Punk. Like, there's all these things that I loved about the company did they have a rough year in 2020 absolutely did wwe have a great year absolutely but the shoe was on the other foot a few years ago like where AEW was killing it and wwe was just in the doldrums but you know people need to realize it's like this is a business of cycle where one company is going to be up one year and another company is going to be down one year well so, it's not like the attitude era no yeah you're not going to have the 83 weeks again no, you're not. You're not. Those, those days are over. You know, you're not also not going to have 5 million, 10 million people watching wrestling every week. You know, like combined. Well, you have 5 maybe all million the shows. impressions. I, yeah. I, I see them having 5 million impressions a week. Yeah. Like social media, obviously, with like clips on YouTube, and it, which, yeah, you know, like YouTube has made it easy, I think. Because there are a lot of times with, with Raw, I would skip it and just watch the clips the next day on YouTube because I don't have three hours to kill. Like, you know, it's just weekly wrestling sometimes can be a chore. It can. Yeah. I don't Especially watch it half the time anymore. Period. AEW, WWE. I don't have the time. Anything. Yeah. I, I catch up a lot. Like, I do a lot of. Uh, 
you know, due diligence mm-hmm. and that type of stuff to to keep up with everything. Yeah. You know, I had dynamite in the background tonight only because of the fact that you know a debut is expected, not Diana Peraza. We were expecting somebody else, but you know, time will tell with that. Because again, well, I mean, you've already teased her a lot. Well, the question is, because three weeks ago, Mercedes Monet was not going to go to AEW. Last week, Correct. it's she's not going to WWE. Now it's she's signing with AEW. So it's like I've heard three different things in about three weeks. So I don't know what's real and what's fake until that person walks out on whatever show. That's when I'll get an answer. And I think that that's, but that's also something I think wrestling fans need to realize of. We need the surprise factor again. Like when CM Punk came out at the end of the Survivor Series, that was a huge fucking surprise. It's very rare you can do that now because everybody knows everything right before it happens. Yeah. Well, surprises are gone for major uh, debuts. Right. We knew Diana Diana Perrazzo. Really, a tongue twister. Diana Perrazzo. Yeah. Was signing with AEW because someone put a tweet out today or this week that says she's definitely had contact with AEW. Yep. Where else is she going to go? For them. She's a great fit for them. Super. I, She's been on AEW TV before. She has. I mean, um, she was the you know, NWA champion, coincidentally. Yeah. I, I think actually, well, I think that uh, um, speaking of NWA champions, WWE, I think Camille will probably go over there. I think yeah. Camille will be. A, she's perfect for them. Perfect. Uh, Might I say. When... She's the Jade Cargill that they wanted. Yeah. Well, we expected uh, Jade. I expected Jade to kind of get, you know, we're going to put her out there. We're going to have her make her appearances and then we're going to train the fuck out of her. Yeah. Uh, but it's, what is it? Five months now? I, think, I expect her at the Rumble. She is going to make an appearance. Doing what? Rumble. Just coming out doing something like just coming out clean house a little bit and then you know somebody comes in throws her out just to kind of showcase her a little bit to showcase her skills a little bit um to kind of get her feet wet as far like as far as the way that the rest of the WWE because there is a style in WWE let's face it all right it's not like AEW where AEW is a mismatch of styles where it's like, okay, you know, this is more of a Japan pays match. This is more of a hot luchador ma- match where WWE, it's more, this is a WWE style. So I expect Jade at the rumble. I don't think she'll win it obviously. Um, but I do expect her at least to make an appearance. She has to couple. do something soon. Yeah. Because I'm losing interest. Honestly, I forget that she's even in WWE most of the time. Because I know she gets in AEW. She was there. Yeah. But what AEW did is they protected her. Yes. 
they protected the shit out of her. She re- they really and, and they made her look dominant against no one. Yeah, but they built up this air of believability. The pr- and the, that she's the problem was is that they never put her up against top. Like Chris Statlander, I think was probably the best performer that they put her against because they never and put her up lost. against. Yes, but and they never. I know someone's going to be like, "Oh, you're talking about it like it's a shoot sport." When you're dealing with it, was her first race, real match? Yeah, like she dominated everybody that she fought. But the problem is, is that a lot of the people that she fought were. I hate to say this, and hate to sound rude. Um, Jobbers, var, JV athletes. They put her. She's a varsity. She has the body of a varsity athlete, but they put her against JV athletes. And yeah, you know, so it's like you're. <laughs> it's like LeBron James in high school. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah he's the great one. <laughs> the rest of us are shit. He's the guy. I don't, though, that's... I I think I think based upon looks alone, yeah, that's a good comparison. But if you're talking in ring work. And no, no, she's a varsity. No. She's a junior varsity athlete. She's JV. As far as looks, yeah, she's as far as looks, she's in a varsity. As far as her ability, JV. Like it, she's a walk on. Yeah, but she's a damn good one. You know that you can. The thing about it is, you can work with that. You can work the with her. aura she gives off. She says, yes. I'm a star when she enters a room. And that's what we're talking about here, folks. When we say her looks, we're not talking about like her, her physical appearance, but that is a huge part because she looks the part of a superstar. She's jacked. She has a great physique. She looks like money. Yep. She's beautiful. She's young. Yep. Well, I think Early younger 30s. than most people. Yeah. Early 30s, which is uh, good. Late 20s. Which is fine. Yeah. Late 20s. Um, which, you know, puts her right where most of the NXT gals are. You know. Except like Corey but... and Roxana Perez, but yeah. Because they're youngins. <laughs> yeah, they're also like 20. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're half my age where I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You were in college when they were being conceived. Yeah, I know. It was like I was doing college radio back then, and yet now they're, you know. More successful than you'll ever be. Don't you love it? Oh, it's so great when 20-year-olds are just like, I'm the NXT champion. I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, you know what I was doing at 20? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking bitch. God damn it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you know what the thing the thing about it is though is that like you know coming into this year and also thinking about the last year it's like I, I I'm not so mad about it. It's just like because oh, I always wanted to work. I always wanted to work for a major promotion and, and like some type of role, right? But at least I'm doing this, you know. Like at least I it it's it's something that. It's with a known entity on social media. 
it's with a so it's like I have that backing where I feel good, you know, and I I love being able to work with you has been fucking amazing. Thank you. And doing and having you back in the chair, also fantastic, because literally we've been talking on talking for about four hours now, just like (laughs) yeah, shooting the shit, man. It's easy shooting the shit. It could keep going. We didn't miss a beat. We could keep going. Yeah. Well, anyways, BWW faithful. Thank you guys for uh, welcoming me back. Thank you, Dan, for welcoming me back. Thank you to all those, uh, like Dan said. I'd hug you if I could. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't really walk in the room. I'd be like, ah. How tall are you, Dan? Six four. Six four. I'm at your dick height, so I'm perfect hug. Perfect hug for you. <laughs> Steph's gonna be like, damn, he's been hugging him a really long time. Because you and Steph have been fighting for my love and affection for the last year, for like for so long now. I love last like year and a half. You two have been fighting mustache. for my attention. <laughs> I love you like Vince McMahon loves his mustache, and also his daughter. Yeah, I want to put a baby in here. <laughs> Get over here, baby. I'm going to put a baby in you. Oh, no, it didn't. (laughs) Not quick enough, Dan. You're, uh, you you got, you got, you you have no say in this. (laughs) Careful now. I might have to get an NDA drawn up. Oh, no. (laughs) Dan lost his smile. <laughs> Smiley Dan Burke. Uh, that was that was one you. of my that was one of my favorite moments of when I had to when Steph was learning about the Montreal screw job and she oh. saw the the when she saw the, the the speech the you I lost my smile speech and she's just like I fucking hate Sean Michael so much <laughs> I fucking hate him I'm like. Ah. I said, honey, he's literally like one of the best ever, like ever to do it. Yep. So is Brett, though, so it's tough. Okay, so here's here's a alternate reality. Mm-hmm. Sesame Street. Hold on. Bert the Hitman Heart. <laughs> and Owen is Ernie. Oh God! I was gonna say Jim the Anvil. I was gonna say Ernie the Anvil. I was gonna say because that fucking thing came out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden, I'm just sitting there and I'm like, "Who the fuck is Bluey?" Like <laughs> fucking Paw Patrol, and now Bluey. Who the fuck is this guy? And that's when you realized that fucking Bluey's going over. Oh. Count it. You might get this reference. So a few weeks ago, I was um, I was shopping uh, at a toy store, right? At they let you into those still? Yeah, me too. Uh, look what I found. It's Elf! <laughs> you better make sure Senor Stink is not by Elf. Oh, we've already been talking about that. I'm like, if Elf comes out of that bag, buddy, 
fucking run. Just run and hide or come and get me and I'll get I'll take care of it. But he's a little Yeah, he's a few a few colors short of a crab box. <laughs> when the vet comes in, it says your cat that you just adopted is a few colors short of a crab box. Like what are you supposed to say to that? It's like you're what he's here's here's one for you so uh, last week i had a uh, appointment and um the the person comes into my house and she stands at my door and she says to me she goes you know my name is such and such. Mm-hmm. It's so great to finally meet you. But I have to ask you a question. I go, what's the question? Is your dog dead? And I go, she shouldn't be. <laughs> and she goes, well, she was laced. She didn't move when I got in the house and she was just laying there. So is she dead? And I'm just sitting there like, I don't know how to answer that right now. You don't know how to answer that at all. (laughs) But I also think in my head, does she think that I'm some sadistic dog person? (laughs) Like like Norman Bates, just leaving my dead dog. My dead dog is on the, my dead dog. It's part of the furniture. (laughs) 